Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter. We're still in series one and this is episode 12. I'm Russell and this is my daughter Rebecca. Hello. Hi Dad. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I've had a really good week. I thought you might. As I say, um, I left what I gave you last week for this week and what I'm giving you this week for next week, I had a feeling you might like. If I know you as well as I think I do, which I should do. Not my kind of music. What? No, not mine, not mine. Some of it is, but um, we'll, we'll go for it. But out of the five groups you had this week, three of them are certainly not what I would listen to, if I'm honest. Oh, okay. Not in the car. And as you know, I'm not a dancer and it's more disco nightclub music. Yeah, it's not, not really for me, definitely for three of the groups that you've been listening to. Um, the other two I'm, I'm fine with. Oh, I wonder whether the three that you don't like are the three that I really like. Maybe, maybe. because I wonder whether that's where our differences are. Yeah, yeah, we shall find out. So let's talk some music. Let's go. So firstly then, as, as always, how many number ones are you thinking? Seven. I've gone big. Seven number ones. You have gone big. It's good you went big because there was nine. Oh, okay. I was being picky. I yeah. thought that was. But big. only five were for the 80s. Oh, so I've listened to 70s. Yes, because some of the groups I've, I just felt I had to, for you to see how they've transitioned from the 70s into the 80s. And also some of these, because they're more known for the 70s, which was the disco era, which is what you've been listening to. Mm. Obviously, their bigger hits were ne- not necessarily in the 80s. So it's just to give you a, a taste of what they were like. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. What they come into the 80s as or, you know, like 79 into the 80s or 77. So, yeah, so you've had four number ones from outside the 80s and you had five yeah. from the 80s. Yeah. OK, so just recapping on who you had this week and then you can give me your favourite song for each as we go through then. So Cool and the Gang. So that was Get Down On It. OK, then we had Blondie. I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it's like Denise. That's what she says okay. in the song. Yeah. But I yeah. keep wanting to say Dennis. Even though it's not. like Dennis. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Odyssey. Going back to my roots. Okay. The Bee Gees. You win again. Okay. And Ottawa. Disco. Okay. And all those songs you've just said for each of them, do you think they were a number one? Or is there a group that you don't think had a number one? To be honest, I don't think Odyssey had a number one. Okay. And now you've said that there's nine. I did at first, I didn't put Ottawa to have in a number one. But now you've said there's nine. I've got seven. I'm going to boost them into having one because I was on the fence about whether they had one or not. But I didn't know whether I was just uh-huh. being too excited about what I've listened to. Sure. But I think the other three definitely had a number one. If they haven't had a number one, Call of the Gamble on D and Bee Gees, I'd be really shocked, to be honest. All right, let's start then and find out. So, your first group that you were listening to, as we've said, disco was Cool and the Gang. I'll let you do the talking this week because there's not much I've got to say on them. Well, these, so because you said disco, yeah, I didn't expect these to be like these are chilled out considering they're disco, but then I guess it's the transition they're trying to fit in with what where the 80s was going is what I thought. Calling a gang, I feel sound very soulful, especially at the beginning with 
their Too Hot song. I think that sounds very soulful, and I feel like they've got very soulful voices. So you're, you're right, because they are down as, they're, they're down as quite a few things. R&B, which is rhythm and blues. Yeah. Soul, so like you just said. Okay, yeah. Funk. Yeah. Jazz. Ooh. And disco. Okay, see, I, I didn't think R&B, and I didn't think jazz, so I'm quite shocked. And I, I wouldn't, but that's what they're listed as. Mm. And that's obviously what some people take them at. I took them as disco. You're saying they're more soul. So we're, we'll probably go with soul. Because yeah. soul's on well, there. I'd go, you said soul. I'd go soul and disco because some of their songs are very disco still. Like you've right. got the celebration and my favourite get down on it. I feel like they're still very disco, very getting you up, getting on your feet, getting you to move. Yeah. But it's when it started and I started listening in my car, I was like, Dad said disco. Now, I know these are 80s, and I was just trying to get in a mindset that it's not the disco that I would know based on what 70s produced. So I was just like, okay, it's a transition. They're trying to fit in. And then Celebration came on, and I was like, now this is it. This is what I am living for. So I quite like their balance of a bit of soul, a bit of... And to be honest, when you said jazz, I can kind of hear it. Their instrumentals are quite jazzy, Uh but I wouldn't say the music itself is jazz. Yeah. And I don't even know where they're getting R&B from, but yeah. And at the beginning, you said about how disco, you know, you get up and you dance. All I felt from these was it's very Saturday night, getting yourself ready. And it's obviously not what I would listen to if I was going for a night out, but not going to lie, I would definitely put these on. But it's very party, very like cheesy I wouldn't say they're, cheesy. Like celebration and get down. Uh, there. Some of it, yeah. like celebration, you know, they're like definite disco ones. Yeah. They got a bit of cheese in there. But I just got that Saturday night feeling of getting a bit ready. But then these, you've got a song like Joanna, and that's very chilled out and very love song. And I was like, oh, okay, this is different. But I quite liked that they had like a variation of what they can do and what they can sing about and the vibe that they give across. The only thing is I can't always understand them, but I find that quite a lot, that some people I just can't understand. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, but you're making me feel good. And their instrumentals can come across a bit repetitive, but I find that quite a lot in music anyway. So I think when I'm listening to just one artist for a long period of time, I hear that it is quite repetitive, that they are using the same sort of sounds, but then I guess that's them having their sound and having it foundated in the ground of what they want to get out to people. But they are very catchy and they do make you want to move. Probably bard like Joanna. <laughs> and when I when I looked at videos, you can tell they've come from the 70s. Like in Get Down On It, they're very bright, very colourful, flared trouser legs. Uh-huh. Um, well, yes, yeah. But then they've also got like this suave look where they're formal in their later songs. Like I think Cherish and Jones v. Jones are watching. They're very like formal in their suits and they're just very suave and very cool. So you could see the like change from them being 70s or maybe it was just their look. They just did it based on how the song was getting them to feel. But yeah, you can tell they've come from the 70s, definitely. Okay. So do you want to know about bit about them? Of course. So they were, they oh, were a lot. That was one yeah. thing. Ah, yeah. yeah. I was about to say in one of their album arts, how big was this group? Because there seems to be a lot of people. Yeah, like obviously, um, I don't look, but the album art I look at because it's there. I think I've only wrote down the members of the time we're talking about. Right, okay. From what I can remember, well, that was another group. I can't remember now. It seems ages since I was looking at these. 
But it is a big group, um, <laughs> and I'm not sure if they've changed it or whatever, but yeah, they, mm. I'll, I'll just go through it. So they were formed in 1964 mm. in New Jersey, and they're, so they're American, okay? Oh, okay. Are they, I'm sure, are they like the first American band that we've had? Uh, Stray Cats, were they American? Oh, I can't remember, if I'm honest. I just know a lot oh, of people think, come think from Stray, Birmingham yeah. and London. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I might be wrong. I've got a feeling that Stray Cats were. Yeah, without without looking back, I I can't remember. You you might be right. So anyway, yeah, they're um, from from America, New Jersey, formed in 1964. They were formed by uh, the Bell Brothers, Robert and Ronald. So Robert is the bass player. He was originally vocals and bass. Ronald Bell vocals also and saxophone. Then you got Dennis Thomas on also saxophone. George Brown on drums. Michael Ray on trumpet. Curtis Williams on keyboards, Clades Smith on guitar, Robert Mickens, who was also known as Spike for whatever reason, he was on trumpet, Clifford Adams on trombone, and Larry Gittins on the flugue stroke horn stroke trumpet. So he was obviously... Um, Multi-talented. Yeah, back, back in orchestra sort of, you know, musician, sorry. Mm. When they, so they became more, so in 1979, they became more commercial. And so they went out and got a dedicated lead vocalist. So as I said, uh, the two Bells done vocals, but obviously they were mainly bass and saxophone. So they went out and got James Taylor on vocals. Okay. Okay. They have seven albums in the 80s. Wow. Wow. But wait for this, 24 albums altogether. Wow, so they were just getting them out. So that stretches from 1970, Venom Money formed in 1964. Oh, so they didn't produce no. any so, or albums not, Or not, certainly not that it was, you know, to a, any degree, um, until 2013. Oh. So, yeah, what I was saying about the bigger... So, obviously, people have left and what have you since then, but I've just gone for the ones, the main ones from, like, the 80s. We'd be here forever if yeah. you named everyone that's ever been in this band. Yeah. They've had a few awards. So the two Bells and Brown, who was the drummer, so they were the original, obviously, from the very beginning, plus Taylor, who they brought in and obviously become more commercial. And obviously that, obviously he did make a, a difference, I'm guessing. They have got, that, or they've been inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. That's a new one. Yeah. So those four, for on behalf of Cool and the Gang, obviously they were seen as the main four yeah. um, songwriters. And obviously, as I say, if you think that Taylor didn't join until 1979, you're literally looking at the period we're looking at, which is the 80s. Yeah. They were inducted. They've won two Grammy Awards and they've won seven American Music Awards, which I guess is the equivalent of the Brit Awards for us. Probably, yeah. So they've won seven of those. They also won the MOBO Award for Outstanding Achievement. And Cool and the Gang have a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. Oh, okay. That's so interesting. So they are obviously, you know, for what they obviously did in the disco side of it, they are a, a big player. However, oh. as I say, they've had seven albums in the 80s. They also had six top 10 singles. Only six? Only six with no number ones. What? I put them with four. <laughs> <laughs> None at all. Nah, they've been robbed. Like, why? <laughs> but it'd be interesting now that you've missed out number ones 
Well, I've said seven, and most of them were calling a gang. Four of them, I was like, yep, calling a gang, they've got all of these. I thought, out of the ones that I've listened to, like I said, calling a gang, Blondie and Bee Gees, I think they're the the ones that I'd heard of, but obviously I'm rubbish with them thinking of songs, as we found last week when I thought that Blondie sang girls just want to have some fun because I'm an idiot. (laughs) But because I'd heard of them and then listened to the songs, I was like, I recognise this one and, you know, how I go when I do that. I thought, these are the big ones, you know, these are probably up there. Obviously not much that I know them as much as probably other people, you know, if you're going to throw ABBA at me, I'd know them more than these. But I thought these would have the number ones. Like, why is Celebration not a number one? Why is Get Down On It not a number one? What were you lot thinking? (laughs) Okay. I'll I'll, um, I'll start with where they were then. So there's a song I didn't give you because it was 1979. I think so. I was calling a gang. You had enough for the 80s. And to be honest, you saying about having them from the 70s, I would have said that like celebration would be from the 70s. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, no. All the ones you listened to for calling a gang, yeah, were 80s. Hmm. But then they've obviously done that transition really well where they've kind of stuck with the 70s thing. I mean, they couldn't have done it that well if no one put them as number one, but... I think, I mean, their music didn't change that much, but like I say, they had a nice variety of your disco to your love songs to your, like, do you know what I mean? Like, to your mellow yeah. ones, to your just a bit of Which I think ones. was how the 80s, obviously at the beginning of the 80s, you were uplifted because you was coming yeah. out of the 70s, and yeah. then obviously what you've already heard, you know, you've already said some of these are really down and that. Yeah. Obviously, that's how the music went, and because other bands see that, well, that's selling, you know, we're uplifting, and it, this is top of the chart. So yeah. they change, you know, and, and we know that soul, I mean, they probably did go from disco to soul. And we know that Spandau Ballet went from synth pop to soul. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's the soul bit was in obviously a big part of the 80s. Yeah, they were doing the right thing, but maybe just had a bit too much competition. Possibly, or just, you know, as I say, it's, it wasn't always about getting to number one. It was about getting a song out there to sell your album more than getting the number one obviously now because it's all downloads and what have you it's it's totally different how you listen to music you don't go and really listen to albums you listen you can download x amount of songs off an album at once it does they don't have to release that song now whereas obviously back yeah. then they did release this is going to be the the three songs stroke four songs we're going to release off the album and then that will make people, oh, I like all those. I'll go and buy the album. Yeah. Whereas now you just pick and choose. Yeah, you don't promote the album. They just, yeah, they can just drop the album. Some people do still release singles, but obviously a lot of people choose to be really, really quiet and then just drop their album. And then everyone wants to listen to that album because you've not heard anything from this artist in so long. So it's got a whole different meaning. Like, you don't have to sell your album. You don't have to promote your album. Because didn't Ed Ed Sheeran, he had X amount of... He had quite a few singles in the charts at one time, didn't he, as well, if I remember? His whole album. Yeah, you wouldn't have got that in the 80s because they wouldn't have released half of them. You know, you just didn't get it. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, he went quiet for... I think he released a couple of singles that you heard before, then he released a whole album, and the whole album, I think he had, like, the top ten was just like him. Yeah, see? And that's what I'm saying about how you listen to music's different. So Mm -hmm. although I always, you know, say how many number ones do you think you've listened to, that's just to to prove to you that, or to to see what you like and where it actually finished in the chart. So it's not always 
wasn't always about number ones although you know we've got nine that you've listened to and five of them from the 80s so I'm saying oh, these aren't what I'd listen to although as we come to one of the groups yes I would listen to and they had quite a few number ones but the others they're not music I'd listen to but people bought the albums or bought you know like as you say celebration for I suppose parties or I don't think you'd have bought it to listen to in a car or at home on your own personally no, no, it's not like uh, like me listening to this in my car. I mean, I'm just weird and had a great time. Like, I'm on my way to work. But it got me more pumped for work than having a party. But, yeah, it is that Saturday night feeling where you would have just be home alone, having a chill, doing your chores, listening to this. I mean, you could. Mm. But whereas I would be happy to listen to Adam and the Ant or The Cure, you would rather listen to Cool in the Gang. I need something that gets me moving and motivated. I can't be listening to Adam and the Abs and the Cure, making me feel like I just need to sit down and rethink my life. I need to listen to someone like this that gets me want to actually okay. go and do well, my, I knew my you'd dishes. Like them, but like, anyway, yeah. I will go on now with Red AR. So yeah, 1979, they had their probably their first hit, really, or that I could see, with a song that they actually released in 2013 with someone else, which was... Atomic Kitten. They released a song with Atomic Kitten. Yeah. And it was a re-release of the song that they cut to number nine in 1979. Go on, what was that? Ladies Night. Oh! Okay, yeah, I know that song. Yeah. So in 2003, Atomic Kitten released Ladies Night. And in 1979... Cool and the Gang released it, and it got to number nine. Wow. But I didn't give you that one, because it was 1979. I would have had a great time. Well, there you go. You can download that one as well. <laughs> Might have to. But it's weird that I know Atomic Kitten's version. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I would have listened to. Like, I, I think I had quite a few Atomic Kitten albums. So there you go. So which were the four you thought were number one? Obviously Celebration, you've said. So what are the other three? yeah. Celebration, I thought, get down on it. Right. I thought, let's go dancing. And then it was, I feel like misled should have been a number one. Let's go dancing. Yeah. Let's go dancing. Ooh la la la. Oh, that one. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. And what other ones are And then misled. Okay. Misled. Fine. Okay. Be interested to see where they all are then. So, 1980, Too Hot. Number 23. Okay, they're not coming in big there, are they? 1980 as well, Celebration, number seven. Okay, so top ten, I can deal with that. Yeah. 1981, a double A side, I can only guess. Jones versus Jones and Summer Madness got to number 17. Okay. Do you know what? They're very kind of opposite songs. Jones v. Jones has got a bit of upbeat to it, where Summer Madness is very mellow. It's weird they released together. Yeah, so maybe they couldn't decide which one to release and they put it as a double A rather than a B. I don't know, but it's they're down as um, in the chart at the same time with a slash between, obviously, the two the two songs. So Yeah. And that's, which is something that seemed to happen a lot in the 80s because we've had a, quite a few of them. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, we have. 1981, Take It to the Top, number 15. 1981, Stepping Out, number 12. 1981, Get Down On It, number three. 
Okay, I'll take that. 1982, Take My Heart, You Can Have It If You Want It, number 29. 1982, Big Fun, number 14. 1982, Ooh La La, Let's Go Dancing, number six. So again, top 10, as you're saying. Yeah, the ones that I've said number ones are their top 10s. Yeah. So not 1982, Heidi High, Heidi Ho, number 29. 1983, Straight Ahead, number 15. When I was listening to this the other day, it sounds like I'm doing the bingo. I don't know how else to do it. <laughs> and now I'm doing it. That's all I'm thinking of. Um, anyway, 1984. There's a new job calling for yeah. you, Dad. Joanna, Stroke Tonight. So again, another double A side. Got to number two. And that's their highest charting one. Oh, okay. I'm quite shocked by that because that's very mellow. But then I guess it's how the 80s were going, like you said. You got maybe, yeah, that's now, you're now in 1984 of, now. So. Yeah. So it started off with their uplifting and disco-y. Now you're into what would have been solid 80s. 1984 again, When You Say You Love Somebody, In The Heart, number seven. 1984, Fresh, number 11. 1985, misled, number, you said number one, you thought number one, yeah? Yeah, but we know it's not going to be a number one because we've got no number ones. It's not a top five. It's not a top ten. What? It's not even a top 20. It's number 28 it got to. You're joking. (laughs) Nope. I really enjoyed that one. Oh. And that's why sometimes it's good to listen to them all. Rather yeah. than me just giving you their top 10 hits and say, listen yeah. to them. That's why I went top 40. No, so, I definitely um, like yeah. the top 40 aspect. 1985 Cherish, number four. Oh, so they pulled themselves back then. Yeah. And then 1986 Victory, number 30. Oh, so that's their worst one. Yeah. A lot of them are in the top 20, though. Yeah, well, t- well quite a few are in the top 10 as well. Yeah. So definitely, as I say, commercially a, a successful group band, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But um, not not. For you me. don't. I was going to say you don't like them then, no. No. But then uh, we all uh, know we all know how difficult it is to get you on the dance floor, Dad. Well, yeah. You can sit there and have your chilled out. Music, and I certainly wouldn't listen to that in a car. Oh, you should try it. Yeah, we we'll move on. <laughs> we we'll move on to Blondie. Yeah. What did you think of Blondie? This one, again, very fun, and she's got a... I say she, because she could literally... I know, like, from watching the videos, it's her, and then the band is all guys, but she could come across as a soloist. Well, she is, as well, after, which we'll go into when we come to female soloists, but she went as her name. So Blondie's the group, even though she was blonde, but Blondie's the group, and then she is Debbie Harry. Oh, never heard of that. No? No. Okay. But yeah, like, especially like nowadays, you don't necessarily have to have the, like most groups nowadays are all singers Mm. and then the band don't get as much recognition because they're the ones that help out multiple, I'm assuming. But she could be someone that could just be a soloist and the band could just be there because they're just, there's no other vocals apart from her. And watching the video, Uh, um, the main focus is Yeah. So yeah. it was a Tubeway army, and then he decided that I'm just going to call it be Gary Newman. Yeah. 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 
I don't know whether the same happened with Blondie when she became Debbie Harry. I don't know who her back in, obviously, musicians were, because obviously you still yeah. need the music. But yeah, she definitely did go solo, solo after. Okay. I can understand that because, like, like I say, even the videos, the focus was on her. She was just full yeah. front. Like, I, I can't even tell you what the men looked like in the band because all I saw was her. But she's got a very distinctive voice. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very different to anything that I've listened to. Like, she can get them high pitch, and it's I don't know. I can't even explain it. It's just very distinctive, and I feel like she's just very talented. And she's one. She's got a little bit of edge to her. She does like these dancey songs, but like in Call Me, she just seems very edgy. Like I looked at her and I thought, right, in Greece at the end, when Sandy changes the way she looks and is in all leather with her hair all big, that's what vibe Blondie gives me. Like just a bit of a badass, like, you know. And I quite like that because you've got these upbeat and uplifting and disco songs, but she's just got that little bit of edge to her. And that comes through a lot in Call Me. And that was nearly my favourite because I do really like Call Me. And do you know what? I recognised a lot of her songs, which surprised me because as much as I'd heard of her, I didn't realise I would recognise that many. Like, there was quite a few that I recognised. Well, you probably would have listened because I like Blondie and I have the tape. So you probably would have listened to it when you were younger in the car because mm. it is on tape. So I'd have definitely yeah, without it even knowing from you know back then, back in the day. Yeah, but yeah, you you would have obviously listened to it at times. But I would say that the eighties ones would definitely be on eighties compilations, and I would definitely say they probably even played on the radio still. Oh, okay, yeah, and. The main one that I recognise, we're going to talk about Atomic Kitten again, because they seem to like it. I never realised this about them, but apparently Atomic Kitten just do covers. They obviously <laughs> covered The Tide Is High. Correct. They covered it in 2004 and got to number one. However, it was a cover by Blondie. Oh, was it? Because it was originally, and this shows you how good the song is. So it was a hit in 1967 for the Paragons, if I said that right. And then it was a hit for Blondie in 1980. And then it was a hit for Atomic Kitten in 2004. So that's gone through the ages, that song. Yeah, yeah. And it got to number one with Atomic Kitten. Mm -hmm. And it also got to, just so you know, spoiler alert, number one with Blondie in 1980. Okay, I think that's one that I did put down for her to number one to be fair but I'll be honest I didn't look where the paragons come with it but obviously I mean that that music it just shows you how good that music was so whether they were before their time in back in 1967 when they released it I don't Mm. know because the fact that it still is a good song and it definitely was an I didn't realize it was a cover until I looked up Atomic Kitten and it brought me up the paragon version and I thought well that's before Blondie Wow. Do you know what's really weird? Then I really noticed that someone's covered something like this one. I'm like, this isn't an 80s song. This is like from my generation. This is what I was listening to growing up. And it's just really weird. Like, I do prefer the Atomic Kitten version, but then I think that's Uh because I've grown up with it. And like I say, I did really like Atomic Kitten. Although now, the more we do this, the more I'm like, did they make any of their own music? Like, because they seem to have covered a lot of songs that we seem to speak about. I liked her, but also I noticed when I was watching the videos, like 
when I tend to watch videos, I try and watch one from one of the first songs that you give me because I know they're the, the early ones and one from later on because they're one of the later ones just to see if their looks change. And I did that with Blondie, but her look didn't change that much. So did she not last that long? Like, what, did they not last that long as a band? They lasted, so they formed in 1974. Okay. In New York, so another American band. And they broke up in 1982. Oh, okay. So that's why her look didn't really change. Because I was like, why? Like, she literally still has the same hairstyle and wears the same clothes. And I was like, did you not go through the 80s? Or were you just stuck with this is your look? So, But that makes sense. So she didn't really go that much. But then I guess if she then went into a soloist, she went through the 80s as a soloist instead of with the band. Uh, but yeah again i do think some of them do sound a bit similar okay but like i said i think it's because the instruments and they find their sound don't they yeah so i've just quickly looked up the paragons version yeah and it was their b-side oh okay so it wasn't their um their a-side it was a b-side to only a smile that's all i can say on it i don't even know where the only a smile tried but yeah um it was the b it was the b-side so it wasn't a hit for them because they didn't release it. But as I say, obviously then Blondie got hold of it and then Atomic Kitten. And that's probably why we don't, well, not me, because I think of Tyler's High before doing this as an Atomic Kitten song. But that's why you wouldn't have thought it was a cover because the other one didn't do, like, weren't a hit. No. So it wouldn't be known as being someone else's. No. Okay, so yeah, formed in 1974 in New York, and they were seen as pioneers in American punk. Punk? Yeah. I mean, I did say she's got a little bit of edge to her, but I wouldn't yeah. put her right so in there. They were classed as a rock band, so pop rock stroke punk rock. And I probably wouldn't say they were pop rock as such, although I do like it, and definitely probably atomic. So it's probably, I don't know, punk rock. I really wouldn't put it down as... Uh, like I said, it has got a bit of edge to it, yeah. but I still think it's got that little bit of uplift to it as well. Well, that's why I put them on this week, because they are seen as they're more, I would say it is very danceable music, mm. I suppose. Like not all of it, like I said. Some no, of no, and that's, that's why I, I mean, as I say, I like them. You know, I can listen to these in the car. It's not like, you know, the disco and celebrate or D-I-S-C-O and celebration that you've also been listening to that is obviously up your street. You know, I'm learning a lot about you. This was for you to educate me, but well, no, you are educating me in the fact that I'm learning stuff about you. Like you and rock. Never. This is soft rock, isn't it? It's not rock. Yeah, no, I know. But some of the things that we've like had different opinions on, I would never have. If this was the opposite way round, I'd be rubbish. I'd be there going, yeah, you'll definitely like these ones. You'll probably know I hate them. <laughs> like, I don't know. But maybe it's because I'm used to hearing the ones that you, your all-time favourites, they're not rock, they're like you're a horror uh, radio pet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then when you come out with the fact that you like The Cure and Adam and the Ants, it throws me a bit and I'm like, who, who are you? Who, who really is my dad? <laughs> yeah, I'm learning, learning a bit about you. You like a bit of edgy music. I, don't, I wouldn't call it edgy. I would. It's just a bit different to um, the synth pop and that. But Atomic is an iconic song, I suppose, as well. How is it iconic? As in, uh, it's, I know um, Erasure cover it when they uh, like concerts and things. Oh. 
Yeah, because I think Andy Bell, or I know Andy Bell says that um, Debbie Harry or Blondie was a big influence for him. Oh, okay, that's interesting. And without listening to it, obviously you would have, but Erasures have got a song called Sunday Girl. And I'm wondering when I was writing it down if it's a version of Sunday Girl by Blondie. So oh. I don't know Blondie's version and I haven't listened to it, if I'm honest. It's a really good version. I do like Sunday Girl. Yeah. So um, I don't know if Erasure's Sunday Girl is, is bear in mind, Erasure, as I say, or Andy Bell is, is influenced by Blondie, whether Sunday Girl is, is the same song or it's totally different. They just called it Sunday. I don't know. Yeah. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah, you have to have a listen. Yeah, or you can listen to Erasures because you won't. It's it's not an eighties song, so you won't be listening to it when we come to it. May give it a listen then. So yeah, so um, they actually reformed back up in nineteen ninety seven as well, Blondie. Why? So obviously after Debbie Harry had gone solo, they then got back together as as Blondie. Um, whether they have released anything, I don't know because I'd be honest, I didn't look into it. I just oh, I haven't wrote it down. I've just written down obviously what we're discussing now. But um, yeah. I've, I have written down they reformed in 1997. I always think when you say when people reform and because, I mean, I know it was only two, but 97, I never heard anything from them growing up. So they either yeah. did do things that weren't big or they just flopped. Because I always think that when you say, oh, they've reformed or they've done it. I mean, I don't be. know if they'd have flopped because they'd have still had a big... Had yeah, a but big I mean, like, they wouldn't have been... They wouldn't have, have been big been, enough but, yeah, for no, no, my no, no. generation, like, yeah. my friends, to have been listening to them. No, like, no. we would no. still think of Blondie as being our parents' generation. Yeah, no, no, I get, I get understand that. So, yeah, so, anyway, Blondie was, as we've already discussed, Debbie Harry on vocals, um, Chris Stein on guitar, Clem Burke on drums... Jimmy Destry on keyboards, Frank Infante Fonte on bass, stroke guitar, and Nigel Harrison also on bass. Bit of a weird dynamic, isn't it? I mean, like because going through this, we've either had all male, all female, or like a kind of even mixture of both. Whereas this is predominantly your female vocalist and your male band. But then that was probably the same with the Pretenders. Oh yeah, that's true. With Chrissy Hind and Venomon, she come from America as well. Mm. But then I didn't. I don't think I recognised it as much with that because when I watched videos, the focus wasn't solely on Chrissy Hind. Whereas Blondie, the focus in all videos is literally on her. But I think as well. I mean, obviously, it was a bit before my time, but it was in my time, but I'd have been too young. She was seen as a sex symbol as well, Blondie. So there would have been that probably emphasis on it as well, if I'm honest about it. Yeah. So, yeah, so they had two albums in the 80s. However, they had four in the 70s. And I have written down here as well, five since reforming. So if anyone reformed in 1997, they've had another five albums. That's crazy. They've had more albums in your time than they did in the time we're talking about in the 80s. That's mad. So, yeah, so whether they've had any hits or whatever or what these albums entail, I don't know whether they were just released as albums with maybe a one release or whatever. As I say, I didn't look into it, but as I say, I have, obviously, when I wrote down the albums, I have wrote down that they've had five albums since we were forming I've just looked on Spotify and looking at the albums from 
95, they just released a remix, remade, remodeled. But from there... Yeah, but they weren't reformed then. That was probably just... Some, yeah. So if we go from 1997 up until... 2017 all the albums that are on spotify discovery and i know that not all albums are always on here especially from the ones that we talk about then don't all come up so she might have released they might have released others but they seem to be like their live albums or there's one called atomic and uh-huh. it's just got all the ones that i've basically listened to so it's like they may have re-recorded them and then sure. they've got two well they released one last year but they've got two, one from 2017 and one from last year, that actually have songs that I've not listened to, so they must be new. So they are still making songs. Yeah. There you go. But obviously, they've not come up or anywhere, so they're not, like, big. They're not, no. you know, putting it out in mainstream. It must just be their hardcore fans that are still going with them. Yeah. So just on that, in 1998, they won the Q Music Inspiration Award. What is that? I don't know, obviously, inspiration to other artists and musicians. As I say, oh, Erasure, okay. or Andy Bell, as I say, inspired is, is inspired, by yeah. Um, in 2006, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's Which really I think weird. we've had before. Yeah, we um, have. Yeah. In 2006, again, they were inducted into the Rock Walk of Fame on Sunset Boulevard. I really wouldn't put them down as, like... I mean... I know I have said she's got a bit of edge to her, but I wouldn't put them as rock. Uh-huh. Like compared to the rock that I have listened to doing this, I wouldn't put them in the same category. No, I think rock is. I mean, I think of rock, and I just think of like rock band. Like obviously, you had your heavy metal, and then you had yeah, your, yeah, um, your 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 status quo, which obviously you like, and and yeah, Queen. and I suppose these yeah. are a bit like Queen. Oh, maybe Music actually. Wise. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We could go with that. And then in 2016, they won the Grammy Hall of Fame for Heart of Glass, the single. Now, bear in mind, Heart of Glass was released in 1979, and we're talking about 2016. <laughs> but to be fair, I think out of all the ones that I listened to, that one was the one that me and Connor, bar like the tide is high, but obviously I only know that one because it was covered by someone else. Heart of Glass was the one that me and Connor were very, we definitely know this one. That's the one that we uh, recognise the most. So yeah. it's the one that's probably stood the test of time. Okay. So I can understand. So that. I haven't said about their number ones yet. So how many, how many did you originally say for here? Apart from, well, spoiler alert, you did say Tide Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did, tide but you high. said you had tide, the Tide is high as number one anyway. So how many did you have as number one? Two. Okay. Um, the other one was Heart of Glass. Okay. So Blondie had six number ones in the UK. That's mad. Yeah. So in 1979, they had Heart of Glass. Also in 1979, they had Sunday Girl. Yeah, yeah. 1980, Call Me. Yeah. 1980, Atomic. hmm 1980, as I've already said, The Tide is High. And then in 1999, so there is we go. Child? So there's me saying I don't know any, any songs that they've done, and I've actually written it down. Maria was number one for Blondie in 1999. So when you say they've had six number ones, that's not the number ones that I've listened to. Then. 
So no, no, not one of them was 1999, which you haven't listened. Yeah, you haven't listened to right, yet. Okay. So you, they've had five number ones of what you've listened to. In total, in the UK, they've had six, and their last one was in 1999. If I'd read that first, which I've written down, I could have told you they've obviously released new material since because they had a number one in 1999. So yeah, so it might be one again to go back and listen to if you like Blondie. I do agree with the number ones that they've got. I'm disappointed about Denise. So do you want me to, I'll go through and let you know then where Den, Denise or Dennis. Yeah, tell me where Denise came. So that was released in well, 19... Well, she sings Denise. Yeah. So. Uh, that was released in 1978. Okay, so it's not even an 80s and, one. No, and it, that was their first one. So that was mm. their oldest one that you listened to. Got yeah. to number two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take that. That's really so, good yeah. coming into... I don't know if it was their first... That was their, I mean, it's the one I, I recognise and thought you'd enjoy listening to it. I would have probably said that they could well have had hits before then. But I might be wrong, but I've, I've written it down. I wrote it down just for you to listen to because I, I knew it. I'd heard of it, obviously know what it was and thought you would in, enjoy um, listening to it as well. That was my favourite um, one. No, actually, that was their first their first big hit in releasing in the UK. Okay. I've just had a quick look. It was uh, number two for three weeks. That's not bad. So, I mean, we haven't got to Kate Bush, but she is... Oh, yeah. Well, she kept off no. with... Rudder Do I know with, Kate Bush? I'd have thought so. You, I, I'm sure you'll know her music. Well, Denise was kept off number one by Weathering Heights. Okay. I recognise the name, so Kate So it doesn't surprise me. So, yeah. I'm sure it had got to number one if Kate, if, if that song hadn't oh, been um, yeah. around at that time. As I say, it was, it was um, number two for three weeks. It was number three before that. But, um, yeah, kept kept off the top, Wuthering Heights. Oh, that's so sad. And then, funny enough, Match Stork Men and Match Stork Cats and Dogs. What on earth? <laughs> yeah. So, um, unfortunately, when um, Wuthering Heights was knocked off number one and went down to number three... Poor Blondie and Denise stayed at number two. How painstaking must that have been? I'm there, but I'm not there. Yeah. So if they'd probably released it a week later, they'd have still had the sales to have gone to number one. But obviously after, as I say, they were number three, number two, number two. Wuthering Heights then comes off number one, but obviously they've used up, the sales have dropped off a bit. And yeah, Matchstalk Men and Matchstalk Cats and Dogs went to number one. <laughs> so there we go. So moving on then, um, also in 1978, you listened to Hanging on the Telephone. Can I just say about this one? Yeah. This came on in the car, and obviously I have hands-free. It starts off with a telephone ringing, and I legit panicked and was like, who am I ringing now? Like, what have I done? I've not even touched my phone. Like, I started, like, I was, like, driving, and I was, like, looking at my phone and was like, you're not even lit up. You, you, you've got a black what is going on, and it's, like, singing. And I was like, oh panic over because obviously I like when I'm driving I just put my music on my phone don't know what on the song is or holder, and I can't see it yeah. because the screen goes black so when it started I was like what have I done didn't even know that the song like this song was called anything to do with a telephone and then they started singing and I was like oh right, okay well that's woken me up hasn't it <laughs> but that got to number five okay then you had their two number ones in 1979 Heart of Glass and Sunday Girl mm-hmm. and then also in 1979 Dreaming Got to number two. Okay, so they are up there. So not one of the songs that I gave you from the 70s was outside the top five. Oh, yeah, because they're all 70s. 
No, yeah, so they, they were up there in the 70s. Oh, yeah. let's see how they did in the 80s then. I mean, we do know that so they in have the 80s, number ones, but... So, yeah, 1980, Atomic, number one, as I've said, and Call Me, number one, as I said, and The Tide Is High, number one, as I've said. So they were good. Then 1981, Rapture, number five. Mm-hmm. Then 1982, Island of Lost Souls, number 11. Oh, they've lost it a bit. And then 1982 as well, War Child, number 39. And obviously then they they broke. You know, those last three, they're the ones that, like, as I was listening to it, and when I re-listened and was recapping and making my notes and stuff, they're the three that I was, like, not feeling it, that their sound's... Like rapture, I like. I do like rapture. It's not bad. I suppose. But I suppose when you've listened to Atomic, Call Me in the Tide is High before. It's it, a bit kind of yeah. Yeah, I yeah. can guess them. Um, yeah, they were a bit. Mm. So yeah, so shocked with how many number ones were there then? Very, but then a lot of them because how many of them were in the seventies? Uh, only two, and you had three from the eighties. Okay, so how many have we got left now? Nine altogether. Was there five from the seventies or five from the eighties? Yeah, five from the seventies. Uh, no, f- sorry. N- so you had five from the eighties. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. To be fair, I'll allow it. Although I'm still annoyed that calling the gang had none. Like I don't understand, but okay. Well, I can to a degree because I know how the music was sold and promoted in in the eighties was totally different to now well this is what i say these people were in the wrong time because if they released that now yeah. i'd be loving life my nights out would be a whole different type of night out spread the word because you know they obviously still get i don't know how it works now if i'm honest as i've said before and i'm pretty sure i've i've read that people like spotify and that don't they obviously make big profits and the artists don't make much money at all from what I understand, unfortunately. I don't know how it works as such because I thought it was on listeners, but then when you think about the vast amount of people and Spotify and I'd say Spotify and Apple Music are the two that people would listen to their like, music on. Uh-huh. If it's going off listeners, look at me. Throughout my week, I listen to all these 80s songs and they wouldn't ever get back into the charts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, as much as I know that it's all done on downloads and because people don't buy music as much anymore, like you still got like your hard copies, which will be accounted for, but I'm not 100% sure of how the charts work. I just listen to my music. And I, to be honest, I don't tend to listen to the charts anyway. I think the charts is getting a bit outdated, sure. to be honest with you because everyone nowadays just listens to what they listen to and you might stumble upon something that's in the charts or you might help someone get into the charts, but you might not even realise it. And when you've got people like Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber and any of the big, big artists, they release an album, that's going straight into the charts. Mm-hmm. Like as, like we said before, Ed Sheeran's downloads album, it, yeah. like in the charts. Yeah. yeah, but I don't, so I don't know how it actually works. No. It makes more sense the way that you guys did it you know exactly how people got in the charts but i don't understand as much how people get the charts now and like i say now it's like so much fast like it happens so fast like i say you could release a song on tiktok next day you're at your number one i don't really 
no. get help. But yeah, yeah. Uh, just on that, as you touched on on having the physical tape, CD, vinyl. In 2020, mm. vinyl sales grew for the 13th consecutive year in the UK, jumping by over a tenth, 11.5% year on year, to almost 5 million. So actual was 4.8 million, so just under 5 million. Vinyl revenues increased by 30.5% year on year to 86.5 million. That doesn't surprise me. So this me. is the highest total since 1989 so we're talking about the 80s and i've already said that cassette did take over vinyls during the 80s we said that at the beginning and i guess come the end of the 80s by the 90s it was cd and cassette and then obviously cd took over you know so vinyl must have literally just died out come around the late 80s um, as the CD become more popular, mm. but now it's it's making a comeback. And as I say, it's grew for 13 consecutive years, year on year. It doesn't surprise me because a lot of people like that vintage look now, don't they? Yeah. And they like having it like, I do know quite a few people that have vinyl in their houses like and me. have a record player. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, of my age. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I don't. I think they're beautiful and it would be really nice to have one, but I'm like... I won't be spending the money on that when I could just put Alexa on. <laughs> That's me. But I think they are beautiful and I think it's a really yeah. nice thing if you own one. Like me, I think it's really good to actually own a hard copy. Like I still have DVDs and I still do have, I mean, I, I have got rid of quite a few CDs because I really don't listen to CDs at all, really. But I still have them. I watch DVDs, but I just think for music, I think it's easier to check on my phone or tell a piece of technology to play it for me but it would be it yeah it's nice to look at and I do know a lot of people that do have them it has kind of become like an in thing to have so I'm not surprised yeah okay moving on then because we've still got the Bee Gees to get through yeah Odyssey what was your thoughts on Odyssey so again they make me want to get up and dance when I heard the first song I was like oh my god I recognize this yes and then a couple of their other songs, like I only had like five of these, something like that. But a couple of their other songs were a bit like, you know, I'm not feeling you. You're not giving me that thing to move. And you know what I'm like with my music. I just want to sing and be able to have a little bit of a move. So they didn't give me that as much as the others that I'd listened to. Apart from their, I'd say, use it up and wear it out. And going back to my roots, they're the two from them that I was like, yeah you've got me um so they were very mellow and different compared to blondie and calling the gang that i've listened to already this week but you know they've still got that upbeatness in there but i think they're, they're just a bit mellow and i feel like their lyrics have got that little bit of a deep meaning where i'm like oh, i can't bother like they're not i wouldn't skip them as such but It was a change from the upbeatness and uplifting feel-good songs that I'd already listened to this week. So it made that bit of a difference. Although with these, their videos, they like dress up and sparkles. Like, I've said it before with someone, I can't remember who, but like Cleopatra vibes. Um, They definitely know how to entertain an audience. Obviously watching videos, we're still in the live performances. And their audience and fans are like up and, you know, really with them and they were like engaging with them so that was really good but they like their sparkles you can tell these come from the 70s as well by the way they dress okay 
So Odyssey are Stephen Calazzo, Calazzo, Lillian Lopez, Louise Lopez, and singer Tony Reynolds. Okay, so are they siblings, the Lopez? I think Lillian was the mum. Oh, that's so interesting. what I could work out. Yeah. So they were formed in 1977 in New York. So our third in a row, American. They were originally known as the Lopez Sisters. So it can't be the mum. Carmen Lopez. But when she left, they changed the name to Odyssey. Oh, okay. So I'm a bit lost. I swear I read that Stephen Calazzo's mother or mother-in-law was Lillian Lopez. So I, I don't know what Louise Lopez is, what Carmen Lopez is. So there was, there was obviously three Lopez. They were known as Lopez sisters. So it tells you that it maybe it wasn't the mum. Yeah. And then Carmen left. They brought in Tony Reynolds as a singer and changed their name to Odyssey. So there you go. And he, uh, so Tony Reynolds was bassist stroke singer. Um, they had four albums in the 1980s with four top tens. And one number one. I didn't put these to have any number ones. If I was, mm-hmm. though, it would be, oh. See, if I was to put it, it would be use it up and wear it out because I think that's their biggest song. But then I really would like going back to my roots to be a number one. Just think that's a really good song. Okay. So there's disco stroke soul again. So the soul bit again is in with these the same as it was with Cool and the Gang. Yeah, I get that. And the disco side of it as well. Yeah, I get that. So again, did they start off as disco, go to soul, a bit like Cool and the Gang coming out of the 70s, disco into soul? You can definitely see that, especially when they've come in. I mean, whether this is a 70s song, because I don't know what, but they use it up and wear it out. That's definitely a disco thing. And then if you, the way that I've said they've mellowed out a bit, maybe I don't like soul as much. Maybe it's soul that I don't like. So maybe they're more mellow songs. But then it's weird because I did like some of the Cool and the Gang's mellow songs. But then they were a lot more upbeat. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, maybe the way they went sold for, maybe that's what I didn't connect with. So 1977 was their first big hit, which I didn't give you, which was Native New Yorker. Okay. And that got to number five. So it might be one you want to go back and listen to. Then in 1980, Use It Up and Wear It Out was their number one. Okay, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. 1980, if you're looking for a way out, got to number six. Okay. So staying up there. Yeah. 1981, Hang Together, number 36. Oh, well, that's a big drop, isn't it? Yeah. 1981, Going Back to My Roots, number four. Okay. All right. I was really scared that because they got 36, that Going Back to My Roots wasn't going to do that well, but it is a really good song. So I'm glad. And then 1982, Inside Out, number three. Oh, do you know what? Out of the, because it was like, if you're looking for a way out, Hang Together and Inside Out, those are their like mellower songs. Out of them, Inside Out was like my favourite. And I also wrote, because you had like the two soulful, chilled out ones, after Use It Up and Wear It Out before going back to my roots, I did write Going Back to My Roots brings them back. And it obviously did as well with their hits, with their chart tops, yeah. because of having the 36 and then coming in with the four. So it did bring them back. Yeah. I'm not surprised, to be honest. No. So if you take out Hang Together at number 36, 
And then you think about the 1977 one of Native New Yorker, that was number five. You know, um, you're looking at top 10 hits. Yeah, yeah. It's literally just hang together that's... Yeah. Um, All the others were in the top 10. Yeah. yeah. So... We've not really had that before, but then there's not many there. No, no. No, and I don't know how many else they released and what didn't come even in the top 40 that I haven't written down. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what year was Inside Out? Inside Out, 1982. So they didn't last that long either then? No, I haven't got anything after 1982, so no. So unless they carried on, but why yeah. would you, if yeah. you're not getting anything? No. Go on then, okay. how many albums? Sorry, didn't I say four albums? That's quite a lot of albums, considering... But then, like you say, it is different. Like, to me, it's like, that's quite a lot of albums, but none of them yeah. got in. But then, obviously, they yeah. release these singles. So, yeah, four albums in the 1980s, one number one, and four top tens. That's not bad so, yeah. going, though. No, no. To be fair, could have been worse. So, so, yeah. Okay, are we ready to move on, then, to the big one? Is BG considered the big Yes. Mm, I guess they did that. Didn't they do that Saturday Night Fever? Yes, which I'll talk about. We could have probably just done a, a pod. Uh, I mean, I don't know how far we're in now. And we still, that's what I'm saying. We, we, we've still got the Bee Gees to talk about. <laughs> so um, They're not that big, are they? They are massive. Okay. They're just very chilled out. Okay. You weren't, you weren't taken on them? Well, I'll let you know. But because okay. as soon as I saw Jive talking and on Spotify, it says from Saturday Night Fever. I was like, oh my God, they did Saturday Night Fever. Like, I'm sure Scott did that for his year six leaving play. I'm not, yeah, I'm sure we did. And because I think that's why I know quite a few songs. But yeah, I was excited. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh, this isn't as feel good as I was expecting them to be. Like quite a few of their songs aren't as uplifting but you've been listening I, I, I mean just just so as everyone knows i only gave you i've got to get you a, get a message to you yeah that's the first one jive talking yeah tragedy yeah spirits having flown and secret love you win again yeah so not met there's okay. not many so yet you're saying they're no, massive well, in the 1980s yeah they they are but they weren't in the 80s. Mm. I guess this is what you warned me, like that they, that this, this week there might be more big so in the 80s. In the 80s, you've only listened to two songs from the 80s. Only two of them are the 80s? Yes. I weren't getting that 70s feeling. Spirits Having Flown and You Win Again. They were their two 80s songs. So when was Secret Love? 1991. So, but I didn't get that 70s feeling from them. No, well, you, but you didn't listen to How Deep Is Your Love, Staying Alive and Night see, Fever. I yeah, didn't give see, you that. Staying Alive and Night Fever, that would have changed my whole vibe with them. But Jive yeah. talking, because Staying Alive and Night Fever, are they from Saturday Night? I didn't want to, because we, we were talking about 80s, I just wanted to give you a feel of the Bee Gees. So I gave you two from the 60s, two from the 70s. Then you had your 80s and you had one from the 90s because that's how long they've been going and having hits. I didn't want to just give you the whole lot of Saturday Night Fever because I didn't want to give you that... Wouldn't have complained. ...that, that thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't. And I thought you'd know them. And that's why I didn't give you them. Yeah, but I yeah, do know So that. the 1977 film, Saturday Night Fever, they pretty much wrote the soundtrack from. I think that's like how okay? I know... So they had... Yeah, so... 
They had How Deep Is Your Love? That got to number three. Staying Alive, that got to number four. And Night Fever got to number one. Plus, obviously, you listen to Jive Talking, that got to number five. So there are four songs from that film with the hits. Mm. They also wrote, obviously, other songs on that. And one of them was More Than a Woman, which was sang by Tavares or Tavares, Tavares. And that got to number seven. So they, they can write. So there was quite hits. a few songs that they wrote for the film Saturday Night Fever that were in, in the charts top 10, including the number one of Night Fever. Mm. But I didn't want to just give you those songs. So I gave you, as I say, I gave you two from the 60s. What were my two from the 60s? Well, first of all, do you think they had a number one? Yeah. So we've got we've got how many number ones left? I'm trying to I'm three from down, Blondie, so. um, one from Odyssey, two yeah. Okay, so one left. Did I say we got five? So there's one left. I put these as having one. Yeah. Yeah, I put it as tragedy. Okay. But then that's not eighties. That's not an eighties. So no. then I'd go with no. So right. So you obviously then go to I don't know the ISCO. Oh, yes, I would. I'd... Or hands up. Yes, I would. Yeah. But any of them, any of one. them. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I will go through. I'm I'm shocked that you're not as infused by well, Bee Gees as I, I thought. They're like, no, right. They're just, they're yeah. catchy, which I absolutely love. Like, I love a catchy song. They're just not as upbeat. I think it's also difficult. Like, if you gave me Bee Gees in a whole different week, they could have had a whole different vibe with me yeah. but then I don't know but I don't think they'd have as I say when you think no, they, of disco and Saturday, you think of Saturday Night Fever in. this was the week that they would have to have been in for me yeah 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 but I mean like say like you didn't do it in genres and you just chucked yeah yeah random as at me each week oh yeah I mean, they the might BGs have given me a whole different the cure or Adam so if I had synth pop goth rock and disco and you had a bit of a, a variety you'd yeah. have gone for BG's most definitely but I know that that's why yeah. I'm not doing it like but that. But I'm trying to think whether they would have still hit or missed me in the same way that they've done that this week because I'm not revealing what I've done. Okay. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. It's just, especially because as soon as I saw Saturday Night Fever, I was like, right, okay, I know what I'm going to be feeling then. And it's like, oh, no, I'm not feeling it. Like, it's not... No. Like, when I think of Saturday Night Fever, I think of staying alive and... yeah. But it's that's what like, I'm saying. You knew them. There was no point in me giving you that. And because they're not 80 songs. Yeah, it defeats not, the point. You know, I'm not going to, yeah. So I gave you, I mean, as I said, you'd have only had two songs of theirs to sing, to, to sing, to listen to. So I did, I thought, well, I'll give you some of it, because they've been going since the 60s. I'll give you some of the 60s, some bit of, of the everything. 70s, a bit of the 80s, mm. and also uh, the one for the 90s. Yeah. And that's why I've done it. There's no point in me giving you the whole of the Saturday Night Fever to listen to when you're going to know that. And yeah. that would take away from what the 80s music what was. I, compared yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the transition. The yes. Yeah. So um, can I also say Tragedy Steps covered that? They did indeed. Yes. Again, I prefer the Steps version, but it might be because that's the one that I've grown up with. Okay. Did Steps, where did Steps get in a chance with it? Do you know? No, I did. I didn't look like up five. that. No, I, I didn't. I didn't look. I, I obviously looked at Atomic Kitten, and as I say, they got to number one with the tidiest high, the same as Blondie. But I didn't look. I feel at like they did well. Tragedy. 
because yeah. they I, um, I feel like they would have done well doing with that it. silly dance move with it yeah I remember doing that at um, like parties yeah, yeah so yeah so BGs then so they were brothers a group of brothers oh so yeah, Barry, okay Barry Gibb he played guitar Robin Gibb singer and Morris Gibb singer and Robin and Morris were twins there's quite a few of them three so you just said more than that. Barry, Robin, and Morris. Oh, okay. They were all yeah. singers, pretty much. I don't know why it's got Barry Gibb down as a guitar because he was he very much sang as well, um, to be honest. So, um, but yeah, and then Robin and Morris were twins. You know, their singing voices, they're very like high pitch. High pitch. Yeah. And as I say, that's Barry Wyatt. He's down as guitar. I don't know because he, yeah, he's. A, Singer, same and Robin Gibb is as well. Talented so. musicians, though. Talented yeah, musicians. Oh, yeah. I'll give as, them that. Um, Especially as you're saying about songwriting and Saturday Night Fever. Very yeah. talented. So, where, where do you think? Are these American or British? I want to say American. You're going to say British. They are. They're born in the Isle of Man. Oh, okay. That's a and new one. And then they um, moved to uh, Manchester. They formed in 1958. Wow. After their original band, old. the Rattlesnakes, which they formed in 1955, was disbanded. And they were in that with their friends, Paul and Paul Frost and Kenny Horrocks. And then they disbanded that. And then obviously the three of them went as, on their, as their own. So they're known for pop, soul, disco and soft rock. Now, I wouldn't put them as soft rock, to be honest. I can't even no, think what, what song would be soft rock. So, what song yeah, could that's what I mean. So, come out as, why that's yeah. on there? But yeah, disco, soul again, and pop. That I can get. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, in nineteen seventy-eight. So we're talking about the time of Saturday Night Fever. They had thirteen singles in the Hot One Hundred in America. Wow. You know, we're talking about how how music was released in that day compared to now it was on about you know um you wouldn't Ed have like, and having a whole yeah. album you know that it, that that is a big big thing and it would have been a big thing back in 1978 to have 13 singles in the mm. top 100 um definitely so here's probably one for you then they are the second most successful songwriters in british music after the beatles do you know what yeah I can I can see that, especially like they wrote all the songs or majority of the songs for Saturday Night Fever, and look how big they are to the point where, like I said, I'm pretty sure that's what Scott did for his Year Six Leaving play. I did all of the twists, but I'm sure that's what he did for that to be happening in. Oh, I can't even remember what time he would have left the junior school, but you know, at him to be 11 years old doing that, that like obviously their music is continued on and it's such so iconic that their songwriting must be you know way up there and then they've got other people covering I mean I know it's only one song but they've still done well and people know them so yeah, yeah. I can understand that I mean I wouldn't say like because they're behind the Beatles Beatles like everyone knows they're like a household name but a Bee Gees but then I guess it's about their songwriting, not about how big they were. Okay. So they have had eight Grammy Awards, including Lifetime Achievement. Okay. 
and five American Music Awards. So as I said earlier, that's the equivalent of the Brit Awards. And in 1997, they actually got a Brit Award for Outstanding Contribution to Music. Okay. They also, in 1979, got their star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That's two this week that have got a star. That's well cool. So, yeah. So they had three albums in the 1980s. Is that it? They have... yeah, well, they, you, you just said they only had two songs, singles. Oh, yeah, that's true. In the 1980s. Yeah, that's true. But they have 22 in total, and they've had an album in each decade from 1965 to 2001. Wow. Yeah. They, they must have been old in, like, 2001. So, Robin Gibb, or oh, sorry, Morris Gibb, so the two twins... Morris Gibb died in 2003, aged 53. Oh, they're not old. They're not that old. No. (laughs) And then Robin Gibb, his twin, died in May 2012, aged 62. I feel bad for calling them old now. They must have started out really young then. That's why I'm assuming they're old, because to be musicians in the 60s, they must have been like children. I suppose a bit like Michael or Jackson he stopped when he was in the Jackson 5. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is true. It can be done. So, yeah. They've had five number ones in total. That's including like the ones that I've not got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you had, in 1967, Massachusetts was number one. 1968, I've Got to Get a Message to You, was number one. 1978, off the film Saturday Night Fever, Night Fever was number one. I'm not surprised. 1979, covered by Steps, as we've already said, was Tragedy, was number one. Which is why I was asking if Steps, I don't know if Steps got to number one with that as well. Hang on, are you going through the songs that I've got? Yeah. Why did you say Night Fever? I've got. Oh, no, 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 I'm giving you their number ones. Oh, right, okay. I don't think you had Massachusetts either, did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. No, that's true. And then in the 80s, 1987, bearing in mind that we're talking 10 years after the Saturday Night Fever when they would have been at their peak, Mm. You Win Again was their number one for their fifth number one. Oh, okay. That's my favourite. I'll go with that. Yeah. I mean, I said that these guys had one number one out of the ones that I listened to, but I thought that would be... But wouldn't you say, though, that, I mean, I like You Win Again. It's an 80s classic, I suppose, as far as it's on compilations. Totally different song to what I've given you from the seven. And that's what I was trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. I didn't want to just give you their disco Saturday Night Fever Because it's so different. Yeah. Because you're taken away from the 80s music of You Win Again. When talking about the transition... Like, you can kind of hear it a little bit from going... I mean, I said it with Call and the Gang, but all of theirs with 80s that I listened to, but having the beginning where you've got, like, Celebration, that's really disco, and you can kind of hear the transition getting into the mid-80s and the solidness. Yeah, you can hear it with these, but obviously some of them are 70s, but you can hear that change and the difference in what the 80s had to what the 70s had. It is a big difference as well. Sure. So before I go through all their songs of where they come that you've listened to, they are, as I said, they're mainly known for their songwriting. Yeah. And they have written songs 
that were performed by other artists. So although I already mentioned they've done more than a woman yeah. for the Saturday Night Fever, which was actually done, was covered by Tavares or Tavares, which got to number seven in 1978. They mm. followed that up with Grease. Oh! From the film Grease, which was sang by Frankie Varley and got to number three in 1978. Oh, okay. Then they had in... 1980, Woman in Love, covered by Barbara Streisand. So these are songs they wrote for other artists, okay? Oh. Um, and that got to number one. Oh. So they would have got the songwriting... The, 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 the songwriting got, credits for it. Yeah, and they would have got the royalties from it. Yeah, said. yeah, yeah. In 1982, they wrote Heartbreaker for Dion Warwick. And that got to number two. Ah, so they really are like big writers. Yeah. They know what they're doing. In 1983, they wrote Islands in the Stream. I know that one. Dolly, Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. And that got to number seven. Wow. In 1986, they wrote Chain Reaction for Diana Ross. Yes. That got to number one. Wow. So they are good. I mean, and the thing is, with songwriters, the singers will get most of the credit because they're the ones that sung it, they're the ones that got it there. But yeah. actually, you've got to look but behind the scenes. The they wouldn't have that, that if they, these didn't write no, that song. But they get, no. And the, that's why that's where the money is, mm. which we spoke about with Spandau Ballet yeah. and we'll see what happened there. Yeah. And then also in 1998, they wrote Immortality. For Celine Dion. Oh, so they've been hitting the big people. Got to number five. So, yeah, just outside their own music, you know, they wrote the soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever. They wrote the, the main song as far as the opening credits and the end credits for Grease. They have wrote all these other songs with, you know, as I say, two, yeah. two number ones there for um, other artists, artists. And, and Diana Ross. And now I'll come to what you've listened to. So I've already said, I think we've already gone through most of them now. Most of them, yeah. I've got to get a message to you, was number one. So that was your song to listen to them from the 60s. From the 60s, okay. Jive Talking, 1975, which was their lower hit from Saturday Night Fever, which is why I gave you that one. That was the reason why. But it still got to number five. I don't recognise that one as much as yeah. the other two. Yeah. So it's quite nice that you gave me that one over the other two. Other three. How Deep Is Your Love, Staying Alive and Night Fever. Yeah. Yeah. 1979, as I've already said, Tragedy, which has been since covered by Steps, was number one. While you were talking before, I did look up Steps, got it to number one in 1999. So there you go. So um, like um, Atomic Kitten with The Tide Is High, you've had a number one from that song that was actually from the 70s stroke 80s. 1980s, Spirits Having Flown, got to number 16. Oh, okay. 1987, as I've already said, you win again, number one, which was 10 years after the Saturday Night Fever, so quite an accomplished, you know, credit to them. Yeah. 1991, Secret Love, got to number five. Oh. And then their last hit was in 1997, For Whom the Bell Tolls, got to number four. So they stayed up there, though. They knew how yeah. to move and with the time. And, and as I've said, they've since then had 
1998, Immortality from Celine Dion. Yeah, they knew how to move with the time. Yes. Okay. Quickly moving on then. Ottawan or Ottawan. Had a great time with these. Two songs. Did have a great time. So you've already worked out. They obviously didn't have a number one, so we've had all the number ones yeah. now. But these, these will be played at my wedding. And I really want to learn the dance to hands up. I Because I was sat, when I was in my car, I was having like, a good time away to work or whenever it was. And when I was re-listening to them, I watched the video because there was only two I watched both videos and before I watched the video for hands up I was like this is going to be something that has a dance to it it's just that type these are cheesy these are cheesy definitely these are something that reminds me you know like when we used to go on like holidays to like Haven and whatnot yeah these would be the ones that we played in like the hall where all the kids dance and the parents just have a chill out these will be the songs that are played there and I was right hands up does have a dance and I really want to learn it it looks really simple might learn it for a party and just go up to a DJ and be like play this because I need to have my time yeah they're, they're cheesy I love a bit of cheese like okay it was really nice to end on these uh-huh. it was just like okay fabulous and again like you've got that Saturday night feeling and I don't know, like, I'm like, where's more? But then it's also like, I don't want any more. I feel like that's enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, if it was, if there was more and they were all like that, I feel like it might be too much. But that that was just enough. Like, yeah, it's sad that they only have two because it's like, I'm in the mood for more. But that, like, it might have ruined it a bit if they had more. And if they had more and they were rubbish, it would have ruined it even more. But yeah, watching the videos, were they a small band, for one, also, again, 70s dress, bright and bold, and they just look, they look like a disco has puked on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, they look... So, cool. where do you think they're from? Oh, so this is going to be a new question that you're pulling in then, isn't it, Dad? And I'm not, I'm not good <laughs> and, at and geography. And, these, this week, they... Uh... <laughs> well, let's go with Britain. Okay. Are they from here? No. Oh, no, no, wait. Are they, like, foreign? Because on Spotify, the D-I-S-C-O, it says English version. And I tried to find another version when watching a video. I was like, because I don't really need to listen to the song. And I couldn't really find one, but I found one with subtitles. So are they from somewhere that's not America, like, not an English-speaking country? Correct. They are. So, Ottawa were formed in 1979. Oh, OK. They so they're are, late 70s. Yeah, yeah I'm saying are 70s. Pat- on Patrick... Jean-Baptiste and Annette Eltice or Eltis, and they were from France. You could tell that by their names. Okay. And they are actually known as disco stroke synth pop. Oh! No, I certainly wouldn't put them as synth pop. I wouldn't. Yeah. But there you go. They had two albums in the 1980s with two top five hits. Oh, well, that's good. And funny enough, I've written down it. They were recorded in both English and French. Yeah, so that go. makes sense. And that's why yeah. it says English version. But I couldn't um, find the French version. I could just find the subtitles and yeah. I weren't reading them. To in 1982, Patrick John Baptiste left and did try a comeback, but to little or no success, really. Mm-hmm. So, however, you're OK, which obviously I didn't give you because it only reached number 56 in the UK charts, yet in France, 
It is one of the top 50 best-selling singles of all time. Wow. So, But then that just shows difference in, like, it's not only generations, but it's Music of different taste countries in, as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Different countries. Yeah, because the amount of 80s bands over here that did not make it in America. Yeah. They just, you know. And in fact, Robbie Williams didn't, did he? There's like a big group. I'm sure like Little Mix hasn't made it in America yet. Doesn't surprise me. Little Mix. Just you wait till the day that I get to reverse these roles. (laughs) So, yeah. So, um, as you say, so only two. I mean, he had three hits, but the other one wasn't a hit over here, which was You're Okay. Um, so yeah, over here doesn't count as we've already said, no number one. So 1980 D I S C O got to number two. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. 1981 Hands Up, Give Me Your Heart got to number three. So they did well. Yeah, that'd be all yeah. them people being like, right, wedding songs, they've released yeah. it, get it in. That's it. I bet that's where I've heard them. Probably more than likely, yeah, a party and things like that. Yeah, definitely, yeah. I'd say D-I-S-E-O. Yeah. Well, you'll be here. Not awake, though. I mean, I don't ever think that will be played anywhere near awake. Oh, I think some, the way they go in, I think they're more a celebration of life now, aren't they? So um, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if um, when a if certain, just start certain generations up get there, it, it will be, you know, but um, certainly not for generations at the moment no well i'll make sure it's not played at yours so um yeah we've uh, reached the end so now to reveal your hits and misses then yeah so you had five this week we have had five do, what do you think ah oh, see it's funny because i would have probably had you down as all okay all right you're not far off so call in the gang i went for a hit yeah. obviously yeah. Blondie was a hit. Again, quite obvious, I think. I thought you might. Odyssey, I went for a miss, uh-huh. but only they were a close hit. But it's because I think their songs uh, were a bit too mellow, yeah. overpowered. The songs and they're, they're, they're the ones I thought you wouldn't go with. So, I would, so they were the one. Mm. Yeah. They are good. They are good. They're just not up my street. And I think they probably would be good for something like, you know, it's just, it's taste, isn't it? BGs. Now you got to go with what you've written down. Go, Joe. Changing. I'm not changing because I think you get listening to you. I wouldn't be surprised if you had it down as a miss. I do have it down as a miss. Yeah, which is unbelievable. I just, I don't know what it is. I just couldn't connect with them. Considering I'd heard of the BGs, I went in with this high expectation. They did not give that back to me. And when you say that only you gave me them, only two of them were the 80s. And out of them, all right, my favourite was in there, but the other one was a no-go. So if we're going with just the 80s, they were a definite miss. Yeah, no, I, I get that. And that, that's why I gave you... And yeah, I suppose they're not an 80s group, but they, they were still around. But the fact that they changed their music from what they were known as and had a number one with You Win Again... Well, that was my favourite. I did really enjoy that one. Yeah. But they were they just didn't give me that feeling that I was expecting from them. And maybe it's because I'd heard of them 
and as soon as I saw from Saturday Night Fever I then had in my head like I say I had that high expectation maybe because I had that and they didn't fulfill that maybe that then swayed me more to the myths like maybe if I had never heard of them and I listened to them it might have been different because I wouldn't have had that expectation do you know what I mean sure. but yeah they just I, didn't I, I give suppose me... I can understand so yeah if we're just staying with the 80s yeah Bee Gees are not a group that you'd associate with the 80s no. even though as I say they had a number one if you just look at Bee Gees on the whole and you think about their songwriting, as I say, they're the second most successful songwriters to yeah. the Beatles. Um, and like I said, I they are very talented. Look at it differently, but I suppose if we're looking at it from the pod, it's 80s, you would have only had two actual songs, although I gave you more, was just to give you, a, to show you how their music had changed or what have you. But mm. yeah. And I, to be honest, when I'm listening to them, I don't know what year these are. So you no. give me these, I just always assume they're all 80s songs. Yes. Always. I mean, every now and then I might be like, oh, that one might have been 1979. But I never go further, like, older than that. Yeah. And I never go into the 90s. I always just assume they're all 80s because that's what... Sure. No, no, no. At. And even as a whole, yeah, okay, when we're then talking about it and they have changed with the time, and I, I could hear that change, but they just wouldn't be someone that I'd put on again. No. Like I would put on their certain songs, like Odyssey. I'd put on their certain songs, but I wouldn't listen to their full coverage yeah. that you've given. No, us. I, I Whereas, like that. Blondie and Call of the Gang, I would yeah. listen to all them songs again. I mean, out of the ones I you mean, listen today, Blondie would be for me the the main group. And then Ottawa was a hit. Okay, they were a hit. But like yeah. I say, I think if there was any more than that, it might have changed. Yeah. I think they could have overdone it. Or so it's funny. You had two songs a in a sense of Bee Gees for the eighties. Yeah. And you had two songs from Ottawa from the 80s. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it in that way, Ottawa are better than the Bee Gees. Yeah. For the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. I just like a bit of cheese. Fine. It's like okay. they would be, if I was like your age, Ottawa would be like my guilty pleasure, I think. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But not about, like, considering there was five, you still got three out, three out of five. Yeah, yeah no. And I would listen to selected songs of Odyssey and Bee Gees. So it's not like I'm cancelling out altogether like the selector last week or I would never listen to The Cure again type of thing. I would, yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're one of the ones that I could have yeah. said I'm on the fence no, no. about. I'm happy that, I, I mean, yeah, I knew I was on full winner as far as Paul and the Gang and I think I'd like to think Blondie were. Yeah, I really like Blondie. Yeah. and Like I say, I recognised a lot of Blondie songs, yeah. which I weren't expecting. No. So, yeah, um, before I do the reveal for next week, just I forgot to ask last week, did you get to listen to I Need a Little Time by Beautiful South? No. Oh, OK. Completely forgot. OK, that's fine. Sorry. I forgot to ask last week. OK, moving on then to next week's reveal. Yeah. So we're still in disco. We're still in disco. Although I've of, not got, I'm not yeah. going in, I'm not going in with high expectations. No, I wouldn't we're say not, it's we're as not, disco we're not having as it. last week. Oh, this week. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so you yeah. have got imagination. Okay. Don't know who they are. Hot chocolate. No. Abba. Mm, yeah, but then it's eighties Abba. Yeah. So. Remember, we're thinking of Bee Gees against Abba, and yeah. It's well, imagine if I go Abba's a miss. Oh dear. <laughs> oh, li- well, it's bad enough saying Bee Gees is a miss. Liquid gold. Nope. And the Commodores. No. So I've only heard of ABBA. Yet this week okay. I heard of a lot more. Uh, I would probably, I mean, obviously ABBA's in there, but I would probably say the, the others are probably more soul than 
disco. Okay. Well, considering I didn't like Odyssey's soul, we'll see what I think of these souls then. Yeah. Ooh, all right then. I'm intrigued to hear what an 80s ABBA song sounds like. You'll probably know them. Or as soon whether as I there's any. So- I was going to say whether there's any that I yeah. do. Know, I mean, unlike unlike with the Bee Gees, I'll let you know now. I won't send you to listen to any of the ABBA songs outside of the eighties. Yeah, but surely they've got a major amount of songs that you wouldn't have to like calling again. You didn't send me. Outside so that's what I'm saying. So I'm not. I'm just letting you know now that I'm not. There's no because you know them all. Obviously from the film Mamma Mia and yeah. all that. Obviously ABBA's still big. There's no point me sending. Whereas Bee Gees. You wouldn't have heard of songs in the 60s. You might no. have heard of the 70s, uh, unless I sang, I could just sent you all of Saturday Night Fever. So with ABBA, I'm just going to send you the 80s. Yep, that's fine. Okay? Yep. And then, as I say, the other, then you've got the other four. Okay. And then um, that'll finish off the, the disco side of it. Okay. Soul, stroke, disco, whatever you want to call it. So, yeah. All right. I am excited because I did have a good week this week. Okay. Let's see. On that note, I will say goodbye. Yeah. And um, till next week. I'll speak to you next week and let you know. Yes. Okay. If there's a shock of Abba <laughs> not being a hit, well, that really, that really will be something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hopefully not, because I know I already like Abba, but because no. I think I think this is the it's first just... week where Abba I have actually listened to outside of doing anything with you or like because of the film Mamma Mia uh-huh. so it's like they can't be a miss they can't because uh-huh. I I literally listened to them off my own back before yeah. okay so yeah yeah and it's quite funny because obviously we just had the Eurovision Song Contest and ABBA got onto the stay world stage through the Eurovision Song Contest oh I didn't know that yeah Waterloo Interesting. Waterloo oh so. didn't know that yeah, learned so something new already. Was their song in the Eurovision Song Contest, which is what made them, you know, which is I suppose the equivalent these days of even though the Eurovision still going and it's a massive thing compared to what it was back then, it would have been like your X Factor. Yeah, so it doesn't produce that, that new people as much now, as much as anything, because yeah. obviously you know they were a group from Sweden who no one knew. But yeah, but we'll we'll discuss it all next week. But yeah, yeah, I will get to my list okay. then for now. Right. That's it then. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Yeah. All right. right. Thank you. Yep. See you next week, Dad. Bye.